Hey tribe, welcome to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. Now, here at Word Up, we host a number of different podcast series, including Words Are Matter, Planetary Service Announcements, Witchy Life Hacks, The Conscious Awesome Show with my amazing co-host, Justin Polgar. It's where we play Spot the Propaganda together, and it's where we have high-vibe, deep-diving conversations with amazing humans. So be sure to hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for this week's episode. In today's episode of The Conscious Awesome Show, Justin and I explore how exactly we go about staying friends with people who believe so differently from us, especially in such a cuckoo pants polarized world. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so that you can stay abreast of every Word Up podcast offering as well. Follow Justin and me at Conscious Awesome .locals.com, where we post all the video versions of our Conscious Awesome podcast, where we host live streams, and where we post lots of super cool behind-the-scenes bonus content. As well, be sure to stock up on your favorite high-vibe adaptogenic chocolate at yescacao.com, and nab yourself a copy of Danny's Quantum Languaging book, Word Up, Little Languaging Hacks for Big Change, available now in print, digital, and audio versions. Enjoy the show. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the Conscious Awesome Show with your co-hosts, Justin Polgar, that's me, and Danny Katz. That's me! That's Danny Katz. <laughs> I want to call attention to our, uh, our branded matching shirts at the moment. Danny is wearing... Do you want to do you want to speak to what you're wearing so that the I am wearing a shirt from uh the t-shirt company that Justin and I formerly were partnered in called Perv. You can see on the back our Perv logo. Boom. And this was our special edition Valentine's limited edition situation. We had a Valentine's party. We did. It was so fun. Oh, so good. It was so good. That was back when people would gather and come to each other's homes. You could have like a pop-up. We had a, it was amazing. It we was amazing. hugged one another. We sat close to one another. Had we conversations. Were warm and trusting mm-hmm. and loving. Mm-hmm. We saw faces mm-hmm. and smiles. Amazing. Yeah. Back in the day. That was a, a little, a little more than a decade ago. I'm wearing my Yes Cacao red shirt but we're both wearing red tones today which i i really uh appreciate that that we've coordinated indeed not by virtue of intellect it's not like we used our iq to connect and say hey i think it'll look nice it wasn't that it was full psychic it was psychic psychic quotient it was pq pq yes Tune into episode 22 to get a full, that was the last episode, get a full deep dive, or at least a full scratching of the surface is actually more appropriate for the, for the different types of intelligence. There's the IQ, intelligence quotient, the EQ, emotional intelligence, and then you have somatic intelligence and relational intelligence. You can see our handy dandy chart as well. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at our handle ConsciousAwesome. You're watching this most likely on YouTube or on our site, ConsciousAwesome.com. Lovely. Way to take care of business. Just, you know, just put it on the table right away. I noticed that a lot of my favorite uh, shows, uh, podcasts, there's no shy, there's no shyness about saying, please share our episode, like this episode. This is how we're going to spread the word. Obviously, we're about light and love and consciousness expanding and things that are going to be beneficial for both the humanity and all living and sentient beings on this here planet. Maybe beyond. All planets. planets. I mean, why not? Goodwill is just so easy to share and spread interdimensionally as well as in this dimension. Yes to that. We're we're here for you Mm -hmm. and for us at the same time without it conflicting. Speaking of that, 
conflicting. <laughs> Just a little lead in here. So Danny and I were talking about what topics uh, are juicy at the moment. And we're talking, uh, we're, we're just, let's just jump into uh, how to stay friends when we disagree. How to stay friends when we disagree, which seeming, uh, seemingly is happening more and more frequently, at least in, in my experience, I think in your experience as well, maybe in our audience's experience, in quite a few people that this is a topic of conversation that I have engaged and kind of counseled myself and others through. And how do we hold space for another? How do we connect without rejecting? How do we maintain a friendship and even deepen a friendship through the vulnerability of disagreement? Wow, I love how you phrase that. Well done, Justin. It's important to me because yeah. I love people. I really, really love human beings even the human beings that I disagree with. Obviously that, I mean, there's, that's not a uh, prerequisite for me to like or love someone. It's for me to agree with everything that they say, do, be, believe, all of that. No, no, no. That would be weird. That would be, like, I would question that friendship, the authenticity, personally, if we all agreed on every single thing. One of the beautiful things about disagreement is that it allows us to exercise unconditional love, right? Yes, and I also think, just to add on to that, another wonderful thing about disagreement is, depending upon how we relate to disagreement, it allows us an opportunity to step into someone else's perspective, get to know them a little bit better. This is a super important relational intelligence tactic, strategy. I mean, that art form really of stepping into someone's shoes and being able to really understand where they come from. Even to try on their assumptions and perspectives in order to have compassion and connect with them. You don't have to feel like that. I mean, that's just one of those things where I mean, a lot of times I'm hearing people uh, use this term going down the rabbit hole. Some people see it as a very positive thing. Other people are projecting that it's this negative thing. Like, oh, you've gone down the rabbit hole a little too deep. Or like, oh, what are you doing in a rabbit hole? I'm not oh, afraid of I rabbits. Haven't heard, I haven't heard the marginalization of the rabbit hole. Is that is that new? Is that connected to part of the fuckery we're living through? Or I'm, I'm yes. just not familiar with it. Okay. Yes, I believe so. I mean, I hadn't seen it as a bad thing. I mean, for, for most people who are interested in expanding their consciousness, for most people who saw the movie The Matrix, the documentary, as I like to say, The Matrix. Our friend Colin likes to say that. Oh, I love Colin. Yeah. I'm sure there are things that I disagree with with Colin, and I love Colin. That's love just him. a perfect example. Yeah, like I disagree with his choice to live so far away from us. <laughs> I mean, he's closer to you. You're probably just a, probably like a five or six hours. Yeah, probably. I said a hop, skip, and a few mountaintops. <laughs> yeah. Just get those wings of flapping. Yep. Um, yes, yeah, so the, the rabbit hole that was maybe introduced to the mainstream, I think, through the Matrix, it was the term before. There's the Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, which is like she takes the mushroom, she, or she goes down the rabbit hole. It's all sort of like a metaphor for what expansion exploration going into darkness into yeah going into the mystery yeah um, or going into things that are not known yeah right so uh the matrix and alice in wonderland both point to this i had not heard of it being a bad thing i'm gonna quote unquote a bad thing uh, or something that should be that's discouraged until very recently okay i'm getting i'm putting the pieces together because Having been marginalized as a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist for as long as I have, I've always thought it strange, like, why would I be demonized for doing research other people haven't done and just putting pieces together that people haven't done? So now it's making sense. Oh, going too deep, given how conspiracy theory is such a sort of popular way to shut down intelligent discourse. That makes sense. Yeah, there's, 
you, with, with the term conspiracy theory, it's very, it's so charged. And if we just take a step back from the charge and just look at it as, I don't accept that what we're being told is the full story. And so I'm curious beyond that full story. And I'm also going to put in the research to educate myself beyond the full story. And yet that it's like ignorance for some reason is being lauded in the mainstream over deeper knowledge, which I imagine is what it means to go too deep down. The Into, yeah, there's a, there's a fear. I mean, when I'm, when I'm putting myself in the shoes of the person that's accusing me of being a rabbit, a rabbit uh, follower, <laughs> I'm a rabbit follower. I'm just not afraid of rabbit holes, to be honest. And that's really what I'm seeing when I get into a compassionate space and I'm like, why are you, why authentically, why are you feeling resistance here? Let me put myself in your shoes and let me push into that resistance. Uh, it's that if I find something that contradicts what I, what I know to be true, there's all of these consequences. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of that sentence, though, is the if, okay? So to be able to window shop and not purchase is a beautiful thing. To be able to read something and not agree with it. To be able to look into something and not make that who you are and, and your identity is an extremely important part of an intelligent society. I think we have to be willing and curious, really curious to explore things that we disagree with, explore things that we are skeptical of. And that, you know, so there's, there's that piece of, I see that I lean into that. I see that there's a fear element of not wanting to know, or what if it means that then the way that, uh, the way that someone sees me as a conspiracy theorist, they don't want to be seen by their peer group. You know, because if, if someone is projecting on me that I'm a crazy person and then all of a sudden they find out that they have some agreements with the crazy person, then maybe other people are going to see them as a crazy person. Yeah, I think this is, an, this is a piece of the puzzle where my ignorance, it like protects me from this particular stream of neuroses because I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I'm not aware of people saying that I'm crazy because of what I believe. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm saying I don't have an awareness of that. So because I don't have a, an awareness of that, I also don't have an awareness that that would keep others from that. But I'm happy that I don't have that, that awareness because it serves me to stick with what other people think of me really isn't any of my business, just in terms of my own mental health and happiness. Yeah, I don't know that that would be so serving. And that's like, that's the uh, exercise of thinking of a future where we have full telepathy. Yeah. Pardon me. That sounds Pardon terrible. <laughs> that sounds terrible to Is know it, what everyone's thinking all the time. That would, uh, it would be a little bit arresting. I mean, I think if we have a difficult time sometimes on Amazon picking a camera or you know <laughs> shopping for something that there are several options and then to immerse yourself in a culture in a group in a in a world where you can hear the chit chat the the monkey mind of all the people around you it would take some serious smoothing out we need some real good cultural sandpaper to uh to adjust to something like that i have noticed it's something that i see paralyzes certain friends of mine the concern of like is this normal? Is this what most people do? And for whatever reason, because it's not like I don't have plenty of neuroses, but that has never occurred to me to wonder if other people are doing something or if it's normal, if it feels authentic to me. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful skill set. Have you always had that? As far back as you can remember? No, I think I was a bit of a follower in... Um, in like high school, I think I tried that for a little bit, but I didn't like it. Yeah, there's, there's an important thing of just trying something on to see how it feels. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what adolescence is about? Trying, failing, making a jerk of ourselves, whatever. Having a I mean, I don't, even, mouth. <laughs> I don't even know that that uh, ends at, at, at adolescence, right. right? 
we just get better at either failing and justifying failing and finding gold in that or failing and being ignorant to the failing and then just doing it again and again. Those are not the only options. And these are just kind of the, the more frequent, the more frequented options that I see. And so when I, when I, you know, when I think about this topic here about how do we stay friends with people that have differing opinions, I think we need to be willing to have emotional we have to be willing to catch emotional onslaught you know it, waves of fear or shame or anger whether they're projections that are coming out of that person's programming or whether they have authentic whatever they're it's all it's all valid as it's coming through that's the beauty of emotional intelligence is it's valid as it comes through and then it's how we respond to that yeah so you know we have to be willing to be angry and then also to be to receive anger we it's like that the willingness to be able to hold someone in the fullness of their expression seems to be a prerequisite of disagreeing with someone it's like to i'm not afraid of someone being angry at me even though i i i am in some ways it's not that i'm afraid and so i've stopped by it i just it doesn't feel good so i don't you know, it doesn't feel good to have someone yell at me or, or to be uncomfortable because we're in a dialogue about something. Um, you know, I had, but I think it's important to practice these things. Like I was just in the coffee shop and I didn't have a mask on and the, the owner said, Hey, you got to have a mask on. I said, I, I just, it's not, no, I don't want to do that. God I don't want to do you. that. Thank you. And he said, but he said, you know, that's the rules and we got to follow the rules. And I, you know, and it's like, I'm, I really have compassion for him because this is his business. He doesn't want to put it in jeopardy. I, I don't want him to have his business in jeopardy either. Yeah. And, you know, so there's this, there's this space of like, I, I'm not signing on to this because for me, it's not just a piece of cloth across your mouth for some period of time. Maybe that's going to end sometime soon. I, I have looked too deep deep into this i've read studies even the study 195 studies where masks are beneficial they're the chintziest most shallow studies like a, a study of four people where three of them have a beneficial response that has no relevance to anything about pathogens at all then what would the beneficial response even be but it's it's all kind of lumped in to be so much information that you're not going to go through every single one unless you're deeply curious about like, is there, va is there something valid to this? In all cases, I'm expressing myself, not being angry at him, just being angry at the situation. Yeah. He's expressing himself what, what his needs are. I disagree with him. I say, okay, I'll stand outside. He's like, thank you. I might do it again order? tomorrow. Do you let you order? Yeah. Fantastic. That's I, I mean, I ordered before. Really it was interesting too, because the conversation when I was ordering, I asked him, I was like, do you guys have any croissants? Because they, they have croissants from this local bakery that has local organic wheat. It's a really delicious croissant. And every once in a while, I like to have one. They haven't had them in a while. And I said, do you guys have any croissants? And they said, no, uh, they're doing some restructuring at the bakery. And I said, I said, oh, yeah. I was like, you know, I went there and uh, they don't take cash anymore. And I was like, that sucks you, a little bit. You call the owner and tell them that that's unacceptable and you won't be giving them their business until they accept cash? In my so mind, I did. It's, it's very important with the cash thing to speak to that. It's so important that the business owners know. It's also emotional intelligence, right? So they understand as customers how to relate to us that that doesn't fly. I, I, th I think the veil of... Um, money is dirty and so it might be transmitting a virus is too thick in certain people's experiences i disagree with that um i also feel Cashless like society is a is a big class problem because it makes it so that a certain segment of society who doesn't have credit cards cannot function in society it's something we really really need to push back on it's really classist. It's also like there, there's uh did you see that movie um, In Time with Justin Timberlake? No. 
He's a great actor. <laughs> okay. Um, I, 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 actually, I, it's a really epic uh, story. I've watched it uh, several times. The story is delicious to me because I have my own material with time. And there's a whole society where everyone is born. When you're 25 years old, you have this time clock in your arm. That's like a digital readout. And when you're 25 years old. Uh, <laughs> it's a Bill Gates funded invention. He had a patent on it, but he did not. I'm fact checking a future movie where it has nothing to do with control at all. Anyways, it has a very uh, Hunger Games situation too, where there's these different worlds and different gateways. To get into next world, you need to spend time. That's the whole currency is time. And your time is running out from the time you're 25 years old. You can give people time. You can take people's time. You, you know, there's a whole thing. When you earn, you go and you clock in, you work. It's a whole thing like that. So in, uh, let me pull back to what I was thinking about here. Cashless societies. There are examples of how it can go very bad, very quickly. It's a surveillance state. Then there's no anonymous transactions. They're tracking everything. Yeah, I mean, and, and when people think, oh, why do you want an anonymous transaction? It's like, why would I want everything that I'm doing to be public? Not to some, to, to someone who is actively using that information to influence my preferences. It just seems obvious to me that I, you know, that's part of what this country is founded on is privacy. Yeah, do we even need to defend our preference for privacy? Like, that's crazy. Because I don't want to be spied on because it creeps me out. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt your story about In Time, the great actor Justin Timberlake. I thought he was like a Backstreet Boy. He started out as an in-sinker. Oh. I, the, I, you know, because his name is Justin and I like know a little bit more about him than I think I normally would. And I love dancing to the music that he puts together. I also think he's a great dancer. His, his middle name is Randall, interestingly enough. And my brother's name is Randall. Yes, it Justin is. Randall. That's so interesting, I think. Um, I've gotten three text messages from Zoe. I, the reason I bring up the, uh, the cashless thing is that when I walked into the coffee shop, I was having the cashless conversation with them. They, they said, oh, the bakery is restructuring. I said, oh, yeah, last time I went in there, they, they didn't let me use cash. I said, which, by the way, is illegal because cash is legal tender. It's written on the thing. And if you don't accept the cash, you can walk with the goods. Like, there's, that's just part of the legal arrangement. And then the, the barista that I was talking to said, you know, what about the law? Like, you can refuse a customer. You can refuse, you know, no whatever at your discernment. And I said, that's also fine. That's probably the, that's like the check and balance. If the person no longer wants to uh, accept your business based on something, then they have that recourse. Of course, then I would have the recourse of saying, then you can't, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're not accepting people based on this quality, I see you can it's a slippery slope with discrimination, basically. It is a slippery slope, but also when it comes to turning down different forms of legal tender, every state has different laws about it. So it depends on what the state constitution is. Um, like here in New Mexico, cash is legal tender. So it's not like a business has a right to turn down cash it's legal tender. They have to accept it. And what's frustrating about these conversations that I find when it gets into niggling, like, well, Facebook can censor whatever they want because they're a private corporation, where it's like, can we get to the larger conversation about where this is leading us as a society and what it's actually speaking to? And I get, and I get frustrated with my friends. I know I'm uh, sorry. I know I'm interrupting you here, but like, where we get into these like tiny little niggling details and we're not talking about the actual point. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's part of an, that's a, a part of an intelligence quotient. That's like an IQ thing to be able to bring the conversation back to the relevance. 
of why we're even having the conversation. Right. And what it really means, what the drive for a cashless society actually means. And it's not about like, my business can do whatever it's want. It's like, do you understand the larger agenda at play and what it will mean to live in a society where we are no longer allowed to pay with cash? Yeah, there's, I'm sure that there's a, well, usually what ends up happening is laws or th things progress and then people look at it and they go, wait, wait, why did we let this happen? You know, it's yeah. like too late. So we're just trying, we're, we're anticipating that and then initiating the conversation prior. And, you know, even with, with those conversations with friends where they don't see an issue with cashless um, or with wearing a mask in it, you know, when they're like, it's just this, it's just that. It's just censorship. For me to still maintain a friendship and have a, a even a, a, a respectful, a respectful disagreement is so important. It's so important. You know, so we went from that cashless conversation and then the owner came in, the barista and I were talking about that. The owner came in and said, hey, you got to wear a mask. And then I had, you know, so it's like he could, re he could refuse my, he could refuse me service, you know, and I would, I would respect that he was exercising his choice. I would not like that. Um, and if anything, I would like call in an order at my office and then have them deliver the order around the corner. So it's just creating more work for them, you know? Anyways, I, um, I just use that as, as a small example of a disagreement where I'm hearing the other person, seeing where they're coming from and respecting them for being a human being, not for their order following, or I'm not respecting someone for something other than them being cohabitating this planet with me. Yeah. I like that. It's not always easy, but what is always easy? Let's re can revisit that. Yeah, we can revisit that. <laughs> we can revisit that. We can do a show on easy. absolutes. <laughs> oh, good. I like that. Winner always and never appropriate. It's going to be a short episode. <laughs> <laughs> I do like writing always with two L's. Right. I, I really enjoy doing that just I to bring attention to the space. I mean, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about now, but I had an instance of, of a good never yesterday where... Durek sent me a prompt. He like tagged me on some challenge and it, the gist was finish this sentence. Once an addict, always a blank. And my response was, I would never enslave someone by stapling an always to them or an identity. So I, I issued the absolute with my own absolute of saying I would never play the absolute game. <laughs> I would almost, I would almost, the fill in the blank would be always never. Right. They were just, just be in the quagmire of it. Yes, exactly. Broccoli. Once an addict, always, always never. <laughs> this is my thing with friends lately, because I hear what you're saying with the barista, and of course you handled it masterfully because you're a social shaman. And I'm thinking more of, of relations that are a bit closer to me. Um, and what has gone on. So what I'm noticing is that a lot of the disagreements that have been affecting how I think I feel towards friends are where I'll witness what they're posting digitally. So it's not even real, right? It's like them sharing their opinions online the same way I'm sharing my opinions online. So one thing that I've started doing is what I notice myself having negative feelings towards someone because of what they're posting I will pick up the phone to have a conversation so that I can remember why we're friends. Because all, you know, most of the stuff we're disagreeing on these days really has nothing to do with the bulk of my Venn diagram of crossover with my friends, right? Like I'm not, in of, yeah, I'm not really in the realm of politics or activism or those things. So most of my friendships are just, are built on intellect and sense of humor and dance and interest. So when I notice myself sort of building a case or even contracting around someone in the digital sphere, I'm now getting into the habit of picking up the phone to move beyond this, this perceived 
separation and reminding myself what we love about one another. And I don't need to talk about politics with people. You know, it's like, I don't talk about astrology with people who aren't into astrology. So I don't need to talk about the deep state with people who don't believe there is a deep state. Yeah, that seems like a, a wise use of energy. Yeah, and you know, right now we have a lot of disagreement opportunities. So many opportunities. I would like. I think that they're fabricated, most of them. Totally, totally. But that's a point of disagreement for some of, you know, for some people I'm having a conversation with, and they say, "No, this is real. How can you deny this?" And I'm like, "I'm actually not denying it. I'm just putting it at a different level of priority in my day-to-day experience." Or I'm looking at something, and you know, I see that. Um, the conversation that we're going to have around this disagreement has so many levels underneath it that if you're not willing to have the conversation of everything that's building towards this topic, then having the conversation does not serve us. Just doesn't serve. So let's talk about, let's, this is our last day on earth, perhaps. What do we really want to talk about? So do you say this to friends? Do you, are, have you been in the, in the position where a friend brings up a certain topic and you actively say, let's not, let's go to a different topic? No, I'm usually the one that's just continually holding the open invitation for, just for that shift. I'm, I'm, I think that's another piece of being in, in disagreement and still being friends is having the invitation open because Let's face it, if I clear, cancel, delete, it's not let's face it. I'm holding this open space so that if that happens, I'm available for it. And I'm not going to be in this, I'm not going to skip over the opportunity because I'm in some absolute like this person's never going to be interested in this because I've seen people shift. I've seen people change their minds, their opinions, their preferences, and I applaud it. Even if it's for a different direction that I have a preference for it's like, oh, you're adapting as a human being, hopefully to what best suits your evolution. Yeah. So I, I applaud, I've, all, I've, for as long as I can remember, encouraged people to shift, change, pay attention, develop a more substantial understanding about the things that they're interested in. That's really key, is how much of these disagreements that I'm having, that I'm guessing you're having, like the people who are choosing to disagree have a very shallow, cursory level of understanding. And I'm not saying I have like, you know, some sort of mastery, but very often the disagreement comes because we have completely different levels of research and understanding. So it does seem really silly. It's like fighting with their kindergartner about calculus. Yeah, that's that's actually a... That's an example that I use often. You know, it's like, I'm not going to be upset at somebody or criticizing someone for not understanding what fill in the blank is if they've not either had interest or looked into it at all. Sometimes I I judge. Sometimes I'm like, wow, you're like going to bring a child into this world and you have researched car seats and you've researched the toxic layers of different diapers and baby wipes and all these things but you have no interest in learning more about vaccination protocols none at all to me that seems like a cognitive dissonance Uh, if you're interested in bringing about the health of your even if you look into it and decide that what your belief is is valid that's another thing. But just look into it. You know, if you're saying that you're interested in something. So I have judgment around people that have, that come up against blocks. Not because of anything except for just fear of what they might find out. I also think what you're speaking to specifically with the VAXX conversation, just to like mitigate our chances of being thrown off of whatever platforms we're on, um, have to do with what you were saying about not belonging to their peer group, given that anti-vaxxer has become like an insult and another way to shut down that conversation. So I, I think in that, that one specifically, that it's not cool. Like they're, 
their mm -hmm. Instagram influencers are dissuading them from doing that type of research. And I also think it would be so, like, I think in a lot of cases for the parents who already have kids and already have vaccinated their kids, they would not be able to handle really knowing what they allowed to happen. I mean, I think about that with doctors as well. And, and I've, um, I've watched, I don't know, over a dozen interviews with different doctors who have come around some corner of understanding. And now when they reflect back, that's a great deal of courage and a great deal of humility to know that I now understand that what I, you know, from my perspective as a health professional and what I was doing to help people in their health, or I thought I was doing for, you know, 25 years. No, that's a lot of courage to have a change of heart like that. And so I, I applaud that. And it takes a lot know, of forgiveness. I also have to be in the space for myself that I don't know things in absolute. From my understanding, this is the choice that I'm making for myself. I'm happy to have a conversation of why I have that belief. Oftentimes, people that don't want to know why, that's you know, or how I've come to this decision. I love when people do want to have that conversation because it gives me an opportunity to have a conversation about my preferences and my opinions, the research that I've done, the done curiosity. Research. I've done so much. I've, I've probably clocked over 800 hours of deep, full attention, curious what is going on here. Yeah. And uh, I, the exercise is not to try and convince someone to also do that, but to ask questions and ask the questions. I, I've had the benefit before of being, um, I remember when I was like 20, 20 or 21, I had an evening with a really dear friend of mine where we, she just barraged me with questions for hours, hours um, that were all very much self-knowing prompts. It was like a cool exercise that we did where it was like a know thyself prompt. And it was like, at the end of that night, it was, it was kind of exhausting, but also so liberating to have come to these nuanced understandings of how I think, how I build my perceptions. What do I lean on as assumption in order to justify certain things? It, it was a very powerful evening. And one that I, I remember, I mean, this was almost two decades ago and it still stands out as, as a very important, an important step in learning how to know where I'm standing so that I don't need to convince someone else to think what I think in order to validate my perspective. Yeah, that sounds awesome. What were some of the prompts? What were some of the things she was asking you? Uh, you know, that part is a little bit, it was more like just remembering the, the feeling of it because it was so one led to the next. So, so I don't know that in the context it would make sense, but it was things like, well, um, you know, if you believe this, like, do you also believe this? You know, there's things like that, very con contextualized conversations, like, um, you know, taking some fact or something and then extrapolating it to see how deep, how far do I go down this rabbit hole? Yeah. Or how much have I thought about that? And as a 20 or 21 year old, I hadn't actually articulated my belief systems that I had aggregated for, you know, the previous decade of being an adolescent of lots of mistakes and lots of, you know, trying to follow and then realizing that I'm not good at following. <laughs> it's just, it's just not really my, uh, it's not really my jam. So a lot of projection that happens in the conversation, uh, in the disagreement conversation that we, it, we would be wise to keep a, an eye out for, um, and then to dismiss it right out. So if I'm in a conversation with someone I have a disagreement with, and I say something like, well, everyone, you know, in some absolute or something, yeah. there's a, you know, and I love being called out, called in on those things. Yeah. And I, I welcome conscious conversations like that. The piece that that's, I've been focusing on most recently because is that there's a lot of polarizing divisive energy moving through the collective. 
and remembering that I'm part of the collective. So just noticing, like, why would I be upset that someone's disagreeing with me? And for me, my focus has been, I don't want to add to that sort of dissonance and just looking at, okay, well, where am I identified with my ideas or where am I identified with being right? And then learning to sort of push that aside, not just in honor of, of like a peaceful dynamic of the, the person I'm dealing with or the people I'm dealing with, but for the collective field in general. And I feel like that's a really, that's very um, fertile right now because there is, I see it as some sort of like, the way I see the virus is in this division and is in this sort of volatility that's moving through the human family. So I'm using it to see like where I have been intolerant and then going back to reminding myself like what I love about my friends. Like there's a woman who I've known for, you know, maybe like 10 years and she's been really, really outspoken on a lot of the social justice things in a way that just hasn't been resonating with me. And I've noticed where I've gotten a little bit, you know, like, like, I, I would see her, you know, post on social media or whatnot and have a little bit of negative feelings. And she just released a book. She's a fantastic writer. And I was like, oh, this is a very good opportunity for me to move past that and just be really happy for her. And remember, oh, our connection is as writers and how much respect I have for her as a writer and how our thing was never politics. It was always literature. And what an incredible achievement it is to have written another book and published another book. So I've been really um, generous in my excitement for her and, and really going out of my way to, you know, like, not just like things, but type congratulations, and this is amazing, and I just ordered her book, and I'm really excited to read it, and remembering why I like people and what our authentic Venn diagram of crossover actually is, and just putting the other stuff aside. And it's not about ignoring the other stuff. It's about acknowledging its right place within the relationship dynamic. Exactly. And remembering what our dynamic is about. Like I, I do have some friends where we like to nerd out on current events and politics and that, it, you know, like Emily and I, like that's very much a part of our dynamic is how much we like to talk about what's going on and how much we disagree about what's going on. But because we have so much respect for, for how much knowledge and research we put into it, it doesn't affect our friendship at all. And then there are other friendships where I remember none of this has anything to do with why I became friends. So why would it be a problem for our friendship now? There, there's some, there's a, a caveat to that as well, where it's like, you know, I, I have a few friendships where there have been explicit, there's explicitly like a, I don't want to talk to you about this. Mm -hmm. Like don't bring it up. Yeah. And for me that rubs me not so well because I don't want to have that limitation imposed as a as part of our relationship dynamic yeah like when someone says don't ever talk to me about this thing again the every time I see them it comes to my mind of like okay don't talk about this thing because they don't want to talk about this thing and it's in the way of me being present with the person in the conversation in the authentic places where we connect. Well, because like, it's, in, it's imposing a condition upon your yeah. friendship. Yeah, and then, you know, it's interesting to even have that awareness of like, I have, I do have some friendships that are conditional. I have that, I have, I have one of those that's going on right now. And I noticed myself, once that condition was placed, I pulled way back. Um, and now I'm in a place of, I love this person and if this is where his comfort zone is in this moment because we are evolving be beings I'm going to honor that there is another piece of me that feels like the truth is coming out and will continue to come out so I feel like at some point you know like take Pizzagate um, or even like the virus. I feel like at some point, the people who've decided that I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist and have placed this condition upon our friendship are going to see the light. And so now I'm in the practice of, in my mind, I say, 
I forgive you. I understand that like everyone has their own time and their own process. And I love, and again, I'm saying this in my head, I'm not saying this to them, but I'm choosing to support them unconditionally in whatever pace their process takes to be brave enough to deal with the truth. Within a hierarchical arrangement as well. It's not like I'm above or better because I X, Y, Z. It's just, we're different. Exactly. Exactly. We are individuals. Individualism is so important in this dynamic. Right? Yeah, That's almost at the key of freedom. Honor that we're different. Yeah. 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 That's a big, that's a big piece here. And I, um, I was having a conversation last night with, with an aunt, with an aunt, not an aunt. It wasn't like I was in the backyard, like eyeball to the, to the Argentine aunt. No, no, no. This was a, a related person. It's actually Zoe's aunt. Um, and we were having this conversation about the depth and the importance of freedom and the individual. Like, Where's that crossover of freedom, liberty, and the individual? And we have, and, and how they're so intrinsic to each other. And there's, you know, we're having a, a lovely conversation over Thai food uh, about how it's, we don't really have a template for what freedom looks like in a more socialist or communist uh, space. Is it possible? No. Maybe, it, maybe it is. It's just. How is it possible? The definition of socialism is like, censorship you're not allowed to own private property and extreme government rule so where does freedom exist within tyranny well where does freedom exist is a great topic in general because there's also the freedom that um yeah i mean it's it's this is me getting out of my shoes and getting into someone else's shoes and I don't have a specific person right, in mind. you trying to avail yourself to a democratic socialist's limited understanding of socialism in service to emotional relational intelligence. Exactly. Right. And I, you know, I want to be open to that conversation because, you know, there is, uh, you know, within limitation, we can have freedom. This is a bullshit conversation. I love well, you and I respect you, but there is freedom and socialism are not coexistent energetics. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. And I think that but I do understand know what socialism is. But I don't think it's socialism as it's been done before or even as it's defined oh it's a new imaginary moment. socialism where we don't have freedom of speech and we don't have private property but we think we're free because gravity doesn't exist anymore and i fart unicorns that is amazing you need to sell those on ebay bottle <laughs> that shit bottle that fart um no I, I think that there's some element that maybe has not been discovered possibly in the way humans we could create it's probably not it's not socialism it's just not been defined yet it's it's like the idea of people operating as a as an organism together yes self-governing like second tier consciousness of course but we're not there we're not there you know it's like when i think about nasim harmin and i think about the infinity within a boundary because if you can have something have something and that is where my mind goes to where is there some governance structure is there some way that we have not yet defined uh, it's not socialism it's not marxism it's not communism it's it it may not be anything that we have earned the right to define yet since well I feel like it's heterarchy because I've been, I have been delving into heterarchy and doing a lot more research on heterarchy. You know, by definition, hierarchy is masculine, heterarchy is feminine. So there's more like movement and shifting within heterarchy. And when, as I hear you speaking, that's where I feel, I feel like that's where we're headed and that's the ideal to hold. I feel like 
the misunderstanding of socialism can be seen in people's misunderstanding of defunding the police of like, oh, well, we'll take the money and we'll put it into social services and we'll all have each other's backs. And like, it's a beautiful, lovely ideal. But again, you have to look at the bigger picture and the larger agenda of the forces that are actually social engineering us to push for defunding the police and understand that this like, fairies and unicorns idea of how what that looks like is not where we're being pushed it's not where the empirical evidence of human psychology exists in today no you know something that i did learn yesterday which was very fascinating to me was within the structure of the constitution there is this provision for amendments and the ideology if you if you read and listen um read listen just kind of be in the conversation of the the mindset of the framers and the mindset of the people who wrote the constitution the people who were involved in the articles of confederation these what led up to the constitution the hope and the ideal was that the amendments would be placed there to slowly take away more and more government power and give more self-governance space as we evolved, not amendments to give the government more power, which is kind of how it's been done. I don't, they, in, in some of the conversations, which are documented in letters and documented in like, you know, minutes and notes in meetings, there is a concern for it could go this way. We need to have provisions for it. Right. Um, so there, you know, it's, there are there have been ideals and there have been pursuits of liberty that have been laid out for us and our human psychology at the moment has been perved and has been blocked and we have not been feeding the that energetic structure we have not been feeding that structure so that it fruits for us we're not watering that tree we have not been. Uh, a lot of it has to do with education. A lot of it has to do with so many different elements. But to say that none of that exists is not going to get us out of the situation. No. Yeah. Definitely so I, that's why I want to have the conversation. That's why I'm willing to have the conversation with people who disagree with me. Is, is because if I can have a, a conversation where at the end of the conversation, we've both expanded our awareness. Yeah. In our that's moving us closer to Venn diagram land. Totally, totally. It's really laudable to be able to have those conversations with friends, for sure. Yeah, it's so, um, I find that wearing pro-America shirts or speaking something that says something positive about the country, I guess that would be called a nationalist in that regard. Uh, but just something, I have a shirt, you know, the shirt that I wear sometimes for episodes, the First Amendment. It's almost like I'm wearing a conversation piece, for one. And I can tell that it makes some people feel clear cancelly. It is triggering to some people. Uh, where it's almost like living in California and saying something about thinking we have a great country. Uh, it's almost like a bad thing to say. It's like a. Yeah, it's so weird how um, I had this conversation yesterday with a new friend, and he was talking about uh, our president being a xenophobe. And I'm like, why is loving our country and wanting to take care of our citizens xenophobic? It's not xenophobic in any other country. Any answer to that, or? Um, no, but what, what was interesting about that conversation was that um, I had been, I was prepping for a podcast I was doing with Emily, and I was doing research on Israel, which is just still just a, such a fascinating, like the largesse of even the mention of the name Israel. And it was based on Syrian Girl's latest report uh, saying that Israel was responsible for the Beirut bombing. And... It, while we were playing tennis, he said, you know, the only thing I like about Trump is his stance on Israel. And I was like, wow, it's like the main thing 
that I actually don't like about him and I love if there's something that you love about him. And I'm not saying that because I love him, but I just love because of the generalized sort of collective consensus of, of it being sport to only hate this person. I love the novelty of someone pointing something out that they didn't. And I also loved, cause this, you know, I, I told you, like we talk about vaccines and we talk about medical freedom. We talk about astrology and we talk about channeling and it was, I don't know, there was just something like delightful about he could say that, I could say my piece and we both respect one another and it really doesn't matter. Respecting the nuance. Yeah. Yeah, like I want a shirt that says respect the nuance. I love that shirt. I can make that shirt. I will buy that shirt. I mean, when I made the shirt, the future is integrated, I was shocked by how many people were triggered by that shirt. I also want that shirt. That is for sale. That exists. Good. That I can put together. Maybe, uh, maybe there's some conscious, awesome apparel. Oh my God! This how, how come we didn't think about that? Moment. We're, well, we're so, we're so. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but we're we're just having a good time. We're like, oh yeah, I guess we could do that too. No, we could oh, do push. We could push this out to uh, other platforms than YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, we could do that. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. Well, we're oh, learning yeah. as we go because we just like jumped in. Um. I want to say, because I know we've been talking for a while, but as far as like practical tools, I've noticed on our podcast, like I really like to give our viewers practical tools. And another practical tool that I'm getting a lot of value out of is when I'm noticing myself having judgments or weird feelings about friends because of what they're posting on social media, I'm unfollowing them. Um, and then putting more effort into maintaining our friendship outside of those platforms. And it feels so much healthier. I've heard that across the board. Um, I haven't actually done, I haven't done unfollowing. I haven't really done that. Unfollowing Maybe here is a and really there. good self-love practice for me. If I, I started doing this a long time ago. If someone's post have me not feeling good, I just unfollow. I'm going to do it right now while we're talking. Cause I, I thought of someone. Unfollow, uh, the like sexy selfies oh uh, yeah i know you have a policy for this that is my unfollow policy <laughs> i'm gonna unfollow a twitter account right now that in general has made me feel uncomfortable that unfollowed i did it look at that i had c60 for the first time today and i just unfollowed so many beautiful cherries being popped while we're tag team red shirting yeah, there's something about that. Something there's bad. something about that. Yeah, that all those posts. Like I, I on recommendation, I followed this uh, account like a month ago, and then uh, I noticed that all of the accounts. It's very bully tactic and complainy, oh. and kind of like it's just not very substantive and yeah. very shut down. Shut down anyone in the thread that is even asking an honest, not not pokey question. And I'm like, eh, that's not really benefiting me. Yeah. This is not and this is not expanding my awareness of what's possible with New Earth. God bless New Earth and God knowing what serves Earth. us and allows us to sync our vibrations to New Earth. I love that. <laughs> I'm loving it right now. Um, any final words on how to stay friends amidst differing beliefs? I think you really hit it on the on the uh, proverbial nail there with engaging conversations outside like utilizing the full spectrum of our human instrument yeah. with with verbal with words with dialogue you know more even if it's asynchronous even if it's leaving messages for someone and having them leave a message for you i have quite a few people that i have video message dialogues with yeah um and i i think that that's probably the most powerful thing is if if we have a disagreement with a friend that's probably originating online because there's the most potential for that. Trying, clear, cancel, delete, not trying. Moving the relationship into a more intimate space. Yes, exactly. More humanity, more intimacy. And then if there is still an unwillingness, if there's still a space of intolerance or just not open, then, um, then just take some space. I mean, I have people that I used to talk to several times a week that now I, I talk to maybe once a month or once every few months. And I think it's actually better for both of us in the 
in this phase that we are right now. Yeah, and we're not, I, I really like that you that you language it as a phase and remembering like this is a weird phase that we're all navigating our way through and it's awkward and weird and it's a learning experience for all of us. I had a, a girlfriend where I had, you know, we were really on opposite sides of, you know, seemingly opposing sides of this perceived divide. And at what point I just left her a voice memo saying, hey, I'm just feeling weird and I'm hoping that, you know, our, our social media posts and opinions aren't negatively affecting our friendship. And she said that they weren't. And I've still felt a little bit of weirdness and I've gone back to just unfollowing and just kind of waiting. Like this will pass and I love her dearly and this is a phase. Yeah, we give ourselves permission. We give ourselves permission. Yeah. That's actually, the, that's the underlying here. So um, give yourself permission to have disagreements. See if that disagreement can expand your consciousness. And if it's not, then re reevaluate your relationship to that relationship. Yeah. Indeed. Thank awesome. you, DK. This Thank has you, been Justin. so filling of my cup. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much. And uh, just so our audience knows, Zoe is not in labor. She's not in labor. <laughs> Though, um, I will, uh, I will be getting that. That will come in the next. Few By the weeks. time this airs, she definitely could be. But at the time of our recording, when we paused, status update. That's not what's happening? Exactly. <laughs> Got to be nimble. Got to be responsive to these things. Totally. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, DK. Thank you, audience. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to give it a like to share it with your nearest and dearest. And remember to subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss a single episode of your very favorite podcast, Word Up with Danny Katz. We'll see you soon, tribe. <laughs>